0: Love Talk Radio. We and our guests discuss relationships and health and wellness, each of which contributes to meaningful and fulfilling lives. This is Justina, your host. I'm a former practicing lawyer and the founder of Intersections Match, the only national matchmaking and dating coaching company focused on singles of South Asian descent in the country. I'm very excited to welcome relationship expert and Vedic astrologer, Carol Allen, to our show today. Carol created a product entitled What Men Want, which consists of audio recordings of interviews with nine, I believe nine male relationship experts revealing their views of what men want from women, from, women for the, from women for the long term. Welcome, Carol. Hi,
1: Justina. How are you?
0: It's a pleasure to have you on.
1: Thank you and so much. I'm so grateful to be here.
0: Wonderful. As a professional dating coach and matchmaker to successful men and women, I'm fascinated by insights supporting people's efforts to evolve into the best versions of their authentic selves. And I've really enjoyed listening to your What Men Want interviews. Oh, thank you. Good. I was a fabulous idea. And. I'm excited to explore some of your insights. And before jumping into your juicy insights, I'm also fascinated that you're a Vedic astrologer. And Mm. I thought our listeners would be really interested in learning how you first got into Vedic astrology. Um, So tell us about that.
1: Well, probably they're wondering what the heck it is, because a lot of people haven't heard of it. Uh, but Vedic astrology is the system of astrology of India, and it's believed to be the oldest system. And it's interesting. Uh, India doesn't get the credit it deserves. You know, we hear so much about Greece and Mesopotamia and uh you know, the Sumerians and the Babylonians, but, Mm -hmm. you know, the the architecture of ancient India, the language of ancient India, the medicine of ancient India, the language, the astronomy, it's just astonishing. So, Vedic astrology is at least 5,000 years old, scholars believe, and India, as you may know, has a long history of arranging their marriages, and Mm -hmm. to this day, 70% of marriages in India are arranged, and the may, you know there's there's a great deal of religious diversity in India just as there here there is here in America uh but you know one of the main religions is hinduism and the religion of hinduism believes in astrology and so if you're a hindu in India you don't get married without your your vedic astrologer and so they've they've got these unbelievable techniques for looking at both compatibility and then something uh called relationship capacity where you can see from a man or a woman's chart if they're capable of being a good partner. So it's really cool, I got to tell you. I've been doing this for 21 years. It's really mm-hmm. incredible to be able to look at the chart of a total stranger and the you know the chart of her boyfriend or his girlfriend and tell them very specific things about both their relationship and each other it's really fun so wow. no, that's what no, it is
0: yeah, that's what it is. And, you know, because of a lot, none, a lot of the listeners are of South Asian background, So I think they find it, uh, a lot of them will find it fascinating that someone, you know, not, not from the culture per se is, um, has embraced this and is, um, you know, has expertise in it. So how does one become a baby scholar to begin with? <laughs> yeah. That mm-hmm.
1: is an excellent question. Many are called fewer chosen. Uh, it's, it's, there are various ways. When I first began studying, here in, in in I was in Los Angeles in California okay. and you know, mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a California Valley girl. <laughs> There's no <laughs> Indians in my family. Uh-huh. I have yeah. the most beautiful Indian clients and I'm always joking with them that I need to look like them <laughs> to be brand aligned. <laughs> but um so there was nothing in my childhood or in my background but when I was about twenty three, I was fresh out of college and I was starting my own personal quarter-life crisis. I was having a lot of confusion in my life, really for the first time in my life, about what to do and what to be and what I wanted and who I was. You know, you put a child in a in a school system for 18 years where everything's laid out and everything is communicated in terms of what's expected and every day they have like five subjects and every summer they have off and they have all this freedom and then you know you drop them on their head at 22 out of college and you go <laughs> hey good luck with that you know go make your go make a great life i mean you probably uh-huh. went straight to law school since you're a former lawyer but uh i floundered around big time yeah. and So I was lucky enough to be at a party of a friend uh, at 23, and and there was a Vedic astrologer there, and he was, you know, a seemingly Western, normal, white guy (laughs) who was from Canada. Uh He Uh wasn't Indian, and he wasn't Hindu, but he had been a Hare krishna and in the in the 80s and 70s here in in the united states most vedic astrologers were Hare krishna because oh. or they were in srf which is the beautiful organization of yogananda the great okay. t- first teacher of yoga and you know a lot of indian philosophies hindu ideas in the West, mm-hmm. he lived a hundred years ago, and he wrote a book called Autobiography of a Yogi, which was, you know, to this day is always on spiritual bestsellers. And anyway, so I met this man. He gave me a reading. It blew me away. He described exactly what I was going through, exactly my confusion. And he said to me, it was so funny. You know, I was trying, like every young, you know, young twenty-something in Los Angeles, I was trying to be an actress. <laughs> And he said to me, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? Your chart has disappointment in the arts and says you're supposed to be some sort of spiritual counselor. And I was like, yeah, right, buddy, spiritual counseling. Like, you might as well tell me I have two heads, right? But he he wasn't kidding with that disappointment in the arts thing because Everybody has a challenging time with show business, but I was literally, yes. like, my life was in danger. <laughs> like,
0: oh every every
1: audition I went on, every interview I had, it was, it was a nightmare. I mean, the day I met my manager, I had food poisoning. All my main auditions, I got into car accidents or I got oh mugged. I mean, it was hilarious. And so I was so blown away by the reading that I started studying with him. And then it turned out, quote, unquote, turned out there was a school – of vedic astrology six blocks from where i was living now as far as i know that was the only one in the united states at the time and uh-huh. all these incredible astrologers became great friends of mine and they took me under their wing and they gave me computers and they gave me books and next thing you know i'm doing readings for friends and friends of friends and mothers of friends and the phone starts ringing off the hook because this stuff just works So now it's in 22 years, and I can't believe it. And I have books, and I have reports, and I have all kinds of fun stuff to help people, you know, discover for themselves their compatibility with someone they love or the capacity of someone they love or the timing of their relationships. That first reading I had with that gentleman, I was 23, and he said to me, oh, my gosh, don't even bother trying to have a relationship in your 20s. It won't work. Just have fun. Well, I already had a serious boyfriend, so I was like, screw you. You're wrong. (laughs) I'm going to be an actress, and I'm going to marry my boyfriend. So, So everything he said came true. He told me I would get married at 30, and, you know, by 29, I was bleeding and crawling on my face. I was so miserable in my love life and i'd had such a turbulent time in my 20s and boom at 30 i got married and by then i was spiritually counseling and acting was long gone and you know and and so i'm so so i first was my own my own client <laughs> i first was my own customer and now i have tools that i myself needed and used to help others and it's really i'm so grateful it's so rewarding
0: Oh, that is so interesting. Now, so you had mentioned kapas- So the common reasons people seek your services, is it, as a Vedic astrologer, is it, um, is it mostly, you know, relationship-oriented? Completely, of- completely. Ah, okay. And that's okay.
1: what got me into coaching is very quickly I noticed, even when people would call, Justina, and they would say, I only want to talk about my real estate transaction (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) or I only
1: want to talk about my health, the session would always dissolve into a boy-girl conversation or a boy-boy or a girl-girl, whatever they were into. Um, But 99.9% of the time, the thing I noticed people wanted help with the most was love. And often they were hoping they could blame the stars for something going on. In their love life when it was really something going on with them, like they didn't understand relationships, they didn't have good communication skills, they didn't know stages of relationships, so they were expecting things either mm-hmm. way too soon or way too late. Um, I quickly mm-hmm. noticed people needed help with basic relationship information, so I started okay. adding that, you know, I went and got some training and became a coach, I started adding that to my readings, and that's okay. when I really started helping people the most, and that's when I got the most excited, and that's when the phone really wouldn't stop ringing.
0: Well, that is so, So, and yet as a relationship expert and baby astrologer, what are the, you know, What are the, like, one or two most frequent questions you get from, let's say, women who come and seek your services? Oh, my gosh. Well, so,
1: I mean, it's awful to say, but there really are only, like, you know, in my experience, there's only about nine people in the world. (laughs) So... There's not even 12, there's not even one for each sign, there's just nine people. I have the same nine conversations, and really I have the same Uh, three conversations. You as a matchmaker I'm sure see the same thing. The number one thing I get asked is when will my prince come? Where is he? So the number one client who walks through my door or calls me is single and they don't understand why. And they're either losing hope because it's getting later than they thought or they just, you know, they can't believe it. Then the number two question I get asked is, how can I turn this frog into my prince? (laughs) So (laughs) they're in a relationship that isn't going well. And they're trying to change that. And they're hoping some celestial force is going to strike and transform the relationship and really transform the man. So, a lot of what I do is tell women who seek my services why their relationship isn't working. Is it a compatibility issue? Do they bring out in each other things that are unsatisfactory or unseemly? Do do they You know how you you can have a relationship just you know with one person and find you feel calm and you feel safe and you feel peaceful and you laugh yeah. at the same things and they understand you. And then you can have another relationship with another person where you're anxious and you're needy and you're jealous mm-hmm. and you have to explain yourself all day long. Well, you're the same person. Why were you a freak with one guy?
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. And the best version of yourself, to quote you, with the other guy. Oftentimes, it's the energetic dynamic between you bring certain parts of you more forward or bring certain parts of him more forward. You know, women will call me and they'll say, Carol, it's all my fault. The relationship isn't going well because I'm too needy. And I'll say to them, what's going on? And they'll tell me a story. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, sweetheart, you're needy in this relationship because your needs Mm -hmm. aren't getting met. When our needs aren't getting met, we get needy. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, yeah, it can be a pattern where the woman's got some insecurity she needs to heal within herself, but a lot of the time it's the dynamic with the man that brings that out. Uh, So I'll have that conversation, and then mm -hmm. the other thing is I mentioned already something most people haven't heard of, which is something called relationship capacity, I'll see that you know, the woman or the man has an issue within themselves separate from the relationship that Mm -hmm. makes it difficult for any relationship to go well, no matter how compatible their partner. So maybe the woman has very masculine traits that make her too independent and bossy (laughs) with men. Okay. So any man is going to run screaming for the exit with her, right? Or maybe the man has two, you know, insensitive or selfish combinations where any woman is going to feel unloved by that man. Any woman is going to feel like that man isn't really there for her. And so any woman is going to become a needy mess or run screaming from him. And so that's the next thing I explain to my clients is, you know, what's the weak link in you that you need to work on and what can you do about it? Because you can always do something about this stuff. It's never like written in stone. And what's the limitation of this guy? Or if it's a man, what's the limitation of this woman? You know, does she have a temper? Does he have depression because what we all do justina and i was guilty of this too we all think if he really loved me he'd be different if he really loved me he'd be more motivated if he really loved Mm -hmm. me he'd be more sensitive to my feelings maybe he's like that with everybody yeah
0: yeah, it's just, it's absolutely. Now, I love that in terms of distinguishing between, you know, on the one hand, a dynamic that, you know, a woman or a man could be, a woman could be turning princes into frogs, you know, by something internal, or it could just be the dynamic. And those are two very different things. Well, and uh, it's but so love,
1: confusing yeah. because you yeah. might have a lot of great stuff with that same mm-hmm. guy or girl that yeah. makes you a needy, angry mess. And that same person with limitations that may get in the way of them being a full partner may have absolutely adorable qualities. They may be funny. They may be smart. They may be charming. They may be totally empathetic. But they're still depressed, selfish, addicted, unavailable, workaholic, always traveling, whatever. Mm -hmm. And this is where it takes time to figure this stuff out. And where astrology be, can be such a help because it can cut to the chase. That thing that on your own would have taken you nine months to figure out with that guy, you can find out in five minutes
0: <laughs> with astrology. Yeah. 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 Well, now what? Switch years here before we and I'd love uh for you to share with our share with our listeners what led you to create um you know such a great idea by the way you know what men wants what uh what led to this uh to this great idea
1: well so years ago, I was fortunate to have a radio show just like you where every week I interviewed a different expert, okay. and the focus of the of the show was just relationships, and so what happened was I befriended and got to know all these incredible relationship experts. And because that's my passion, too, and because that's Mm -hmm. what I do as well, we always would have a lot in common or we would always really hit it off. And so some of my very closest friends are other relationship experts. And so I've, I've even created a networking group in Los Angeles for relationship experts.
0: We oh, all go out okay. to dinner
1: and we all have, you know, drinks and we all share, you know, information. And so what happened was I have these social relationships with all these amazing male relationship experts that have clients all over the world and they give seminars and they all have books. And and I loved picking their brains at these social events about men. And I I loved it when they would say to me, Hey Carol, you know how you and this expert and this expert and this expert, all of you women are telling women this? Well guess Uh, what? We completely disagree. We completely disagree. When you say let men chase and never make the first move and never talk to a guy first, that's nonsense. We completely disagree with make us wait three months to sleep with you and don't live with us mm. before marriage. Guess what? We're going to break up with you, and we're going to go find another woman who will live with us before marriage. Mm. And, oh, guess yeah. what else? Like, you you tell women to date more than one guy at a time. A lot of us guys, that hurts our feelings. And if we really like you and we know you're dating other people, we're going to slink away. And it's not because we're wimpy and it's not because we're losers. We're alpha males who know what we want. And if we feel like you don't want us, we're not going to waste our time. So they would start telling me stuff that was counter to what most of the women experts are teaching. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah these are men yeah from the horse's mouth
1: from the horse's mouth and these are men with thousands and thousands of male clients mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. do teleseminars with they have blogs with they have you know workshops with they're hearing directly from men so mm-hmm. i thought i thought uh oh i got to go i got to sit down with these guys not just over a drink at a bar when it's like just me i got to put mm-hmm. a mic up to them and have them tell me this for the women I'm trying to
0: help. Directly from that. Well, so tell me, and you mentioned some things already, but I'm going to still ask this question. What was one or two of the things which most or all the male relationship experts you interviewed um, agreed on? Like it was <laughs> consensus, consensus almost all the way. What well, the really it?
1: sweet thing they agreed on that's like such, such a relief to women you know, I don't know what your experience has been, Justina. But you know, when you watch movies and TV, we all hear men want their freedom, right? And mm-hmm. men resist marriage for as long as they possibly can. And you know, men have to be really blown away to want to give up the freedom to date lots of people and blah blah blah. I mean, you mentioned a lot of your listeners are in are in Asia. It's not necessarily so much like that in Asia, but in the West.
0: You well, know. they're in the US. They're in the US, kind of you know, Indian american like South Asian backgrounds. Uh but right. a lot of the listeners are also just, you know, uh you know, non 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 Indians as well. Um right. so yeah, kind of a mix but pretty much US based. So well, yeah. Well then they I have think. noticed yeah. that here yeah. in the US yeah. uh-huh. we
1: we date a lot before we marry and we have relationships before we marry. We have sex yeah. usually before we marry. Yep and um we can have we can live with each other without getting married we lots of people have babies 41% of babies now are being born out of wedlock in the, in the us
0: mm-hmm.
1: so why marry right mm-hmm. why get mm-hmm. married well what all the men agreed on and it it, it wasn't nine i wish it was it was eight <laughs> what eight, eight okay i got that wrong okay. sorry about that what these eight male relationship experts all agreed on is that men want relationships That guy that's dating four women, he wants to find the one. Mm -hmm. That guy that's like a a total bachelor, he also wants to find the one. They just are going to have fun in the meantime.
0: a good, I mean, because, you know, obviously with what I, you know, my experience is those commitment-minded guys are coming. So, to me, like, so totally. you know, there definitely are some great commitment minds. There's no, well, so, um, well, tell me this. But this is where, you know, tell me one or two things that the guys, the eight guys that you, you interviewed, um, where they tend to show different opinions on, like where there wasn't a consensus, where they had, you know, different things to say well i will Anything... say
1: seven out of eight of them one of my main questions is when okay. is it okay to sleep with you because there's lots of difference of opinion about this yeah. with experts okay some say not until he's exclusive some say not until you know you know where you stand some say not until you know what it means like there's a lot of you know some say not until you're engaged i mean there's all kinds of yeah information about this, seven out of the eight guys said, don't sleep with us, ladies, until we're sexually exclusive with you. We we like that. We're impressed by that. If you sleep with mm-hmm. us right away, we think you sleep with everyone right away. They kind of sounded like your grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they can yeah. get the milk for free. Why buy the cow? Mm-hmm. One guy who actually was a sex expert mm. said – You know the difference in your body and your heart and your women's intuition between sleeping with a guy hoping he'll like you and sleeping Mm -hmm. with a guy because you're feeling the magic. If you're feeling the magic, if you feel comfortable, if you can tell he likes you, if you can tell you like him and you want to see how that's going to go, he said, who cares if it's the first date, the fifth date, the tenth date? Who cares, you know, if you've had that conversation? He said... Sleep with us whenever you're feeling the magic, which is a really nice idea, but as you know, Justina, women respond to sex differently than men do, and we get more bonded, yeah. like we have more of a physiological re- response that right. makes us more bonded, and we can feel the magic because we had two margaritas,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs>
1: Very tricky, that when are you feeling the magic thing, but... um but so overwhelmingly the men agreed, I will say. But the things they disagreed on, you know, I got to say they didn't. There wasn't a lot of disagreement. They would say things differently, but there wasn't okay. like one guy said one thing and one guy said another, which honestly I was relieved about because there should be it, it's a it helps us to have consensus,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, some clarity, some clarity. Right. It, like they but, all yeah.
1: said Make us feel like we're winning. Some version of make us feel like we're winning. Never mm-hmm. compete with us. Never make us feel beneath you. When you're bossy with us, you know, the number one complaint of matchmakers <laughs> is mm-hmm. that women are bossy on first and second dates. Mm-hmm. Don't, let's not go there. Let's go here. Don't sit there. Sit here. Don't order that. Order this. You know what mm-hmm. you should do with your job? This is the kind of stuff women do.
0: Com- completely unsolicited. <laughs> completely unsolicited. Yeah. Yeah. And we
1: don't even see it. And men are like, oh, my God, bossy pants. I'm never calling her again. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. all the men
1: some said some variation of don't tell us what to do. <laughs>
0: so, ah, okay. All do right. you hear that
1: from your matchmaking clients, your men? Do you hear that?
0: Yeah, I mean, g- coaching and um, and matchmaking. Yeah, and in fact, you know, one of one of our colleagues, you know, had her on the radio show a while back. Rachel Greenwald actually had uh, written a book where she had interviewed, I think, something like about a thousand guys. Ten thousand guys. That's where of, I got yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the number one, the number one um, reason why the guys didn't call back after a first date was, and she terms us the boss lady. So pretty much, you guys are, you know, <laughs> using the same language. But, right. You know, is a boss lady, and and um, that kind of thing. And you know what, you know, from where I sit, what is unfortunate is that because there's no database on each other, right? So every word, every nuance can be taken out of context. That right. You know, um, even you know, women who are not. But like you said, the 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 words here about, you know, what to do you know, like said so telling what to do, uh, you know, um, it's uh it doesn't play well. So right. uh, absolutely. Now tell me uh one thing that surprised you, if anything, and I know, you know, you've heard you heard, before interviewing these male like so it sounds like you you know, you heard where they were coming from to begin with. But I'm still wondering if you know, anything that surprised you um uh, the most about what any of the guys said, you know, um well, you know,
1: because I've known them for years, and because yeah. I've talked to men for years, I have men clients too. Even though most of my clients okay. are women, I, I didn't. I didn't have a lot of shock and awe, but I will say, I think the information that moved me the most okay. was the guy. It was the information from the sex expert? He had done. His name is Alex Allman, and mm-hmm. he had done a survey of five thousand men about what turned them on sexually, and he had okay. he had about 50 things these men could choose from, and they ran the gamut from, you know, cuddling to fetishes, okay? So okay. they okay. ran the gamut from kinky yeah. stuff to mm-hmm. um, missionary position, right? And okay. he had them rank their top five turn-ons, And then he had them give them a 1 to 10 value. So overwhelmingly, four things out of 5,000 men, four things out of these 50 things were ranked the highest and came up the most as turn-ons for men sexually. And they were things like, I feel safe emotionally to be myself in bed. I feel accepted for who for myself. The men said this was a turn on. The men said the woman having being passionate and enjoying her own pleasure mm. was a turn on. Feeling emotionally close and intimate with the woman was a turn on. And the woman receiving pleasure was more important to them and more of a turn on for them than the woman giving them pleasure. So overwhelmingly, the men all said they want you to have a great time in bed. They want you to receive what they're doing. They want to feel accepted by you and safe to be themselves completely, and they want to feel close to you sexually. That outranked blowjobs,
0: big boobs, (laughs) Uh Uh dirty
1: talk, you know, threesomes, like, the men are turned we would, on. to
0: the women's ears. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's they
1: they said their turn ons essentially were our turn ons.
0: I was just going to say you could just flip that with. Yeah. There's, there's there we go. That's um, amazing. Uh, so overwhelmingly,
1: the men again and again and again said, "We want what you want. We just go about it mm-hmm. differently. We want what you want. We're mm. just like you. We just don't act just like you." Mm,
0: same destination, we're just getting there a different way. Yeah.
1: It was really sweet.
0: I love that. Well, yeah, Carol, so you know, so
1: this program will restore <laughs> faith okay. in men. Hope
0: and faith. I love that.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: you know, Carol, I really appreciate you sharing your insights. It's been really interesting. I'm wondering if there's any, you know, last thought, take home message you'd like to leave our listeners with? Well, you know, the thing I'm the most
1: excited about lately is okay. this new yeah. report I've created for to help okay. women and men determine this capacity thing, because, okay. you know, you like I said, you can meet a great guy. You can get along great. You can meet a great woman. You can get along great. They can have all these qualities, but maybe they can't be a good partner. And that can take you six months, nine months, a year, and then you might blame yourself for that. So mm-hmm. I have a free newsletter and, you know, a catalog of really fun stuff that I would love to um, share with them, if you don't mind. And I actually have a free sure. book, too, that I would love to give away today. So I have a, a free book and then a free newsletter at, if they go to rightmanreport.com, rightmanreport.com, forgive me. I mostly write for women and work with women because that's who seeks me but uh-huh. all my stuff works for men too it's just they're going to have to okay. not kill me for the pronouns all over my stuff But <laughs> <laughs> so okay. if they go to rightmanreport.com and they sign up for the free okay. newsletter they can learn all about my my um my reports and compatibility reports and timing stuff and then they can get a free book right away at um as soon as they sign up and it's called Becoming the Woman Your Dream Man Wants, and it's all the stuff women in their 20s, women that are single, women that mm-hmm. you know want to attract their dream man and get him to commit to them really need to know. And it's all the stuff I wish I had known when I was 23 and stupid. <laughs> so, um, yeah.
0: uh-huh.
1: so that's all at rightmanreport.com.
0: Rightmanreport.com. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for joining us, Carol. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, thank you,
1: Justina. And, and I just love what you're doing. And I think it's so great. So keep up the great work. And, and it was my pleasure to be here.
0: Wonderful. Bye. 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 In case you, in case you joined <laughs> us late, I would like to share the show with people in your life. I'd like to remind you that today's radio show will be archived and available as a podcast on Intersections Match's website which is www.intersectionsmatch.com and appreciate your hanging out with us and email me with topics you like to discuss in future shows. Make sure to join us for next month's show. Uh, take care, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>